spoopy stories for you. I'm so excited. many spoopy stories. It's I've midnight. Got... It's the midnight hour. It's not yet midnight. Well, it's close enough. We'll count it. In math, you round up. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, I've got a pina colada. Courtesy of moi. I was like, Macy makes the best ones. It's true. The only ones I've ever had, but I imagine they're the best ones. She said, I've only had pina colada flavored things. I've never actually had one. Like, like, well, shit, I've got all of that here. All of it. All of the things, which is mix and rum. And ice. That's what goes in. In the blender. Okay, I do have ice. (laughs) We're not peasants here. Nope, we don't record in a cave. (laughs) I'm done. Anyways, how's your week been? Um, other than having a cold, it's been good. Good. A couple extra days off, because I was dying. You were not, but okay. Dying? I felt like I was dying. Okay, well, in a Sylvia Plath sort of sense, we're all dying. (laughs) (laughs) But were you really? I was very sick, and I made you dote on me. Yes, you did. (laughs) I will always dote on you, even if you're not sick. Um... We were going to record last night, but I was very sick, and I didn't want to record. Yeah, I get that. I don't blame you. Uh, which was a good thing, because I found more cool stuff for my story. So Yeah, I love it. Ba-ba-ba. So exciting. Yep. Uh, welcome to Who Knew. I don't think we did this last time. I don't think we did. Before. I think we just went right into it. <laughs> We've just been so excited about our stories that we're just like, ready, set, go. That's fair. Yeah. I really like the podcast that just talk, 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 and you have to skip, like, 20 minutes ahead. Yeah. No. If we ever do that, please, uh... Remind us of this episode where we say we don't want to do that. No. Yeah. That sounds fair. We should do that, like, at the end of episodes, because if people really want to listen... They can listen. Yeah. You know, or they can Like, let's off. get to the point, and then if you want to know the shit that you want to know, like, if we yep. ever get popular enough to have, like, tours or merch or some shit like that, like, yeah. we'll do that at the end. If you're a good enough fan, you'd listen. Love it. Yeah. Great idea. Cool. I dig it. Okay. Anyways. I think you're first. I am first. Um, I'm Sammy, by the way. I'm Macy. In case you guys were wondering. Anyways, we'll stop doing that eventually. Maybe. Well, we hardly do it now, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> again, we forget, episodes, we forget who five, we are. So. Yeah. <laughs> So today we're both talking about things that are, can I say it? Cursed. Cursed. <laughs> um, and not the things that you might be thinking of. Or at least no. the first thing that comes to my mind are like cursed objects. And like, she said that when I said what I wanted to do. And I'm like, oh, you're going to do Annabelle? She's like, oh, I'd rather I'm die. not doing that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not doing Annabelle. Robert the doll. No, I'm not doing Robert. It's just like that's so much shit that so many people have covered already. I want to do some like off the wall kind of things that I haven't heard anything about that I would actually like. Not saying that I'm an expert in Annabelle or Robert the doll, but I wanted to really learn something new. You know what I mean? Love it. So I am. Thirst for spoopy knowledge. Yes. And I covered three things that are cursed that I've A, never heard of before, and B, never seen before, and it creeps me out, and three, just mind blown, honestly. Love it. Yeah. So, I'm talking about cursed paintings. Ugh. They're fucking creepy. Um, So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post pictures of the paintings on our Instagram. Obviously, when the episode drops, you guys can all look at that. And then I'm going to show Macy as we're talking about them. So um, the first painting that I'm covering is called The Hands Resist Him. And I think I've already shown you this one. Have I? 
I don't remember. I think you showed me briefly what they were. You didn't give me any context. You're just like, ooh, look, Scrooge. It's, so it's so fucking spooky. weird. And then when you actually, like, hear the story. I love it. I wish I saved this one for last, but they're all creepy. So it's like, no matter what, I could have thought of a different yeah. reason for each one of them sure. to be last. But I think I saved the quote unquote best for last. But it's all opinionated. Who cares? So this is the picture of the hands resist him. And Macy, do you want to tell Ew. us a little bit of what <laughs> what you're seeing? Um, okay. So I see a little boy. Um, he's standing in front of, it looks like a, uh, window, like a paned window. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's a little girl next to him, but then when you look closer, she's, like, definitely one of those old school dolls. Yeah. And then in the window panes behind him, I see a bunch of, like, hands. Mm-hmm. Ew. Like, yeah. so many hands, and they're, like, little hands. They're not, like, adult hands. <laughs> like, they're, like, little hands. Baby hands. Ugh. Okay, Spoopy. so... Tell me about it. I'm going to tell you all about this painting. Oh, it's fucking creepy. Um, so this painting is by Bill Stoneham, and it was painted in 1972. It was first displayed at the Fine Garten Gallery in Beverly Hills in the early 1970s, and the painting was originally purchased by actor John Marley. Do you know who that is? No. Let me tell you. I can't wait. <laughs> he, um, John Marley was kind of a famous actor. He was in nearly 150 films and TV series, and his um, career as an actor spanned 45 years. Wow. He's a, like Betty White status. Right. He was extremely popular. He um, was in TV shows like The Twilight Zone, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Gunsmoke, Bonanza, I used to watch Bonanza with my parents growing up. Did you? Yeah. Um, he was in The Night Stalker and Hawaii Five-0. Wow. So he was in some pretty it's creepy quite the things. Resume. Yeah. But his most notable role, or most notable role in movies, I guess mm. in general most notable role, was as Jack Waltz in The Godfather. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I he's know you're talking about. been in some pretty big yeah, shit. So yeah, he's yeah. a pretty big guy. Um, yeah. He also served... In the U.S. Army Signal Corps during or during World War Two. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then after Marley's death in 1984, the painting was just randomly found in this abandoned brewery by an elderly California couple. They have no idea how the painting got there. They have no idea why it was even fucking there, but it was just found there. So who knows if like Marley maybe just like abandoned it there, like. After he got it and just yeah. forgot about it, nobody found it until after his death. Who knows? But that's fucking weird. But the um, elderly Kelly couple, which I didn't find any information on. It was just this couple. Yeah. Um, put it on eBay in February of 2000. Never buy haunted things on eBay. Did you know that on eBay, technically, you can't list things that are haunted? Really? I, I think it was after the Dybbuk Box incident. Oh, when was that? Do you know? No. Okay, that's I fine. just know that's where it was, like, originally, um, after it was sold the first time, mm-hmm. the buyer put it on eBay, I and see. that's how it was a whole ruckus. Well, according to their eBay description that I did research on, the painting, um, the elderly couple claimed in the description of the eBay, what's it Posting. called? Posting. thank you. Um, it, they claimed that it carried a curse or a haunting. And so they said that the as they owned the painting, that the characters uh, in the painting, the boy and the girl that you saw, yeah. and explained um, they moved at night. Oh. 
Yeah. And sometimes those characters would leave the painting and be oh. seen in the room that oh, it was no. being displayed in. Oh, no. I know. Oh, uh, I'm getting goosebumps just not. talking about it. Um, they included photo evidence, which I couldn't find. I don't know. If, I don't know how to use Google very well. Um, Can't confirm. They included photo evidence that the female doll char- character threatened the male character with a gun that she was holding, causing him to leave the painting. It's like some Harry Potter shit. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Um, I'm like looking around the paintings in here. I'm like, oh, thank God they're just maps. <laughs> <laughs> you're never gonna want a person in a painting ever again no. after this sorry um so and then i also had a disclaimer in the description it's um absolved the seller from all liability if the painting was purchased which i don't know if that technically works i feel like you'd have to sign a contract I don't know yeah. how civil shit works. That's like saying, like, no takesies, backsies. Right. It's like no refunds, yeah. but it's like it's eBay, so eBay can probably force you to do a refund. Sure. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know how all that works, but they apparently had that disclaimer in the posting. Um, and this painting very clearly got a lot of attention on eBay. Some people stated that after viewing just the photos on the websites, it made them feel sick and have unpleasant experiences. And then the auction was viewed over through 30,000 times. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then it, um, the initial bid started at just $199. With 30 bids total, the painting sold for um, $1,025. So, I mean, not a whole lot. Yeah. But at the same time, that's more than I would want or that more than I what I would be ever, expecting from yeah. a painting. That um, you found. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, especially a haunted one where you tell people like, yeah. hey, this fucking shit's fucked. Yeah. Um, and the buyer ended up being Perception Gallery in Grand Rapid, Michigan. Okay. So it didn't go to a person. It went to a gallery. So they hopefully know what to do with this shit, maybe. Um, so they contacted. section. No. They contacted the painter, Bill Stoneham. And they like were like, hey, Bill, you painted this painting and people are saying this shit about it. Oh. What, what about it? And he was like, what? <laughs> Literally. He hadn't heard the stories. And according to Bill... The object that people thought was a gun, because even on eBay, people were like, yeah, the girl's totally holding a gun. You can zoom in on her hands. Um, According to Bill, the thing that she's holding is really a dry cell battery and just a tangle of wires. Yes, definitely not a gun. Yeah, but I can see, like, zoomed out, because the way the window pane is angled with what she's holding, it can kind of look like a gun. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see but, I mean, being the owner yeah, of the painting, no. like, maybe in the middle of the night and, like, using, like, a dim light or something, yeah. it might look like a gun. I don't know. He, who knows? You know when you get scared and you just kind of see things? Yep. So, um, so he was confused by that. Also, I'm confused, like, why would you put a dry cell battery in a doll's hands? Maybe she was, like, battery-powered, like, a power- battery-powered yeah, yeah, doll yeah, yeah. and, like, ran out of batteries and that's sure, why she was holding sure. it i just was i don't understand why you would i would say the painting in general is weird and asking True. questions about why he painted the different things in it i'm just trying to think of the thought point. process whatever sure. i'm not an artist nor do i claim to ever try to be one so then bill remembered that um when he first had the painting that the owner of the gallery that i told you about in beverly hills where it was first displayed um he um died within a year of coming in contact with the painting and then the art critic the first art first art critic 
it's hard to say, um, that reviewed it also died within a year of oh, coming man. in contact with the painting. Weird. Coincidence? Mm. Um... So someone saw this story of the painting and asked for Bill to commission a sequel. The, Why? Because people, I mean, <laughs> people like creepy shit, man. So the sequel is called Resistance at the Threshold. It was completed in 2004 and depicts the same characters only 40 years later in the same style. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to show you that picture. Is it also haunted? Um, oh, my God. I couldn't find any. Ow. I honestly... A, didn't look for anything saying that there was anything haunted about this. It's very different. Right. Spoopy. Right. Um, I didn't look for anything saying that this is haunted, but I feel like if I was looking this up, I would have stumbled upon stories saying that this picture was haunted as well, and I didn't find anything. Do you want to explain it to the audience? Yeah. So um, it's an older man with a Santa Claus beard. He is standing in front of the same window. It looks like there's trees kind of in the background and you can see bigger hands all over um the doll is also in it she's like suspended in the air she doesn't have hair and her face is coming off and looks like there's wasps big big fucking wasps Mm -hmm. everywhere yeah that's what i got it's fucking weird yeah um so yeah that is the sequel so then he was asked to commission a second sequel Oh, so a tr- uh, I don't know what you call it. I don't, a trilogy. There we go. Yeah, um, and that was completed in two. It triquel. <laughs> then I realized a triquel. That was not right. It's like Nyquil. Yeah, a triquel. <laughs> the sequel. The triquel. Quadruple. Okay, I'm just gonna stop you now. Um, that was completed in 2012, and it's called Threshold of Revelation. Wow. And I'm gonna show you this picture. Um, basically, according to Bill, this resolves mysteries of the boy's life and includes that the doll might be his real sister. Oh, that's what I see. Yeah. Tell us about it. Okay, so he's an old, old man now. He's got a cane, and he's standing in it. It kind of looks like a, a really shallow pool, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not in front of the window anymore. There's no more. Oh, the hands are down on the ground. They're, like, coming out of the concrete. Yeah, they're, like, coming out of the concrete, and the there's, like, a little girl who doesn't look like a doll anymore. She looks like the doll would have looked if she was a little girl. And she's, like, holding and a she's, face? Yeah, she's holding, like, a doll face. Weird. And I think it's super weird, because there's this one part in, like, where the window used to be is just, like, this pipe mm-hmm. that's just, like, pouring out water. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Yeah. And I don't understand what it reveals about his life but yeah whatever it's really cool um so then guess what macy is there a quadruple yeah he was commissioned he was commissioned for a third painting but for a prequel of um the original so this one is called the hands invent him and if you what remember, was the, first one called? the first one was called The Hands Resist Him. So okay. here is that painting. Um, this was completed in 2017, and it depicts the artist as a boy who is behind the original painting's door who holds a paintbrush. And that's oh. what the description is per the website. So I want you to tell the people what you see, though, because that's just what I got off the internet. Sure. Okay. So. 
it's a little boy with a paintbrush, who's obviously the painter, um, inside a room, and you can see the window outside, and you can see the silhouette of what you see in that first painting mm-hmm. outside that window. There's a tricycle, but it looks like it hasn't been used in a while. It's all wrapped up kind of in, like, looks like it's, like, when um, weeds take over Yeah, yeah, yeah. an object, but they're kind of like hands. Ugh. Yeah, there's, like, handprints in some spots. Branches inside. Weird drawings on the... Oh, he's holding, like, a paintbrush in one hand and, like, a doll that's, like, hanging by its feet in the other hand. And there's, like, other dolls coming out from the floor. Yeah. So, super creepy, but also, I don't know, like, his attention to detail, I feel like, obviously, through the years, you become a better artist. And I think that this prequel really shows, like, his... Yeah. delving into the world that he created mm-hmm. like what that was like in the 1970s yeah. it's crazy mm-hmm. um so they're all super creepy though they got that like that's just like element of eeriness to them yeah. the first one i think is the eeriest and most haunted yeah so um are the others haunted no i couldn't i don't think so i feel like in my research i would have found something that suggested that but yeah. i didn't see anything but maybe because in March 15th of 2017, there was um, a place that purchased the painting, the prequel, The Hands and Fenton, the one that you just looked at. Yeah. Do you want to guess what this place is that bought the painting? Zach Baggins Museum. He bought the prequel? Mm-hmm. He didn't buy the actual painting? I don't know where the actual painting is. Uh, what? Like the original painting? I don't know where it's at. I think it's still in Michigan. Yeah, with that's the... what I mean. Yeah. They probably won't fucking sell it. <laughs> I don't blame them. Okay. So, yeah. Zachy. Zach Bagans, if you guys... I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're well aware of Ghost Adventures, and he's one of the hosts, or I guess the host, but he owns a haunted museum in Las Vegas, and this painting, the prequel, the the Hands Invent Him, can be seen at his haunted museum in hmm. Las Vegas. So, hmm. even more reason for us to go there. Oh, we are going to go there anyways. (laughs) I was so excited when I found that out. Um, Also, if you want to, you can Google these paintings, but all these paintings can be found at Bill um, Stoneham's website. It's called stonehamstudios.com. It's S-T-O-N-E-H-A-M studios.com. So according to Bill's website, his inspiration for um, the the first painting, the the hands resist him, was his connection to Carl Jung, and what Carl Jung's theory was on the collective unconscious. So yeah, I know, right? He's like a major player in like modern psychology. He is, yeah. So. when Bill was painting The Hands Resist Him in 1972, he used an old photo of himself when he was five in Chicago. That makes sense because the little boy almost looks like the one from the prequel. Yeah. yeah. So he says that the hands are, quote, other lives that are on the other side of the door. And the door represents um, a thin veil between waking and dreaming. Hmm. And he says that the girl slash doll, he describes her as both is an imagined companion or guide through this realm. Weird. I know. I know. Looking at the painting, I wouldn't have thought that, but I'm also, yeah. like, everyone has their own, like, interpretations sure. of art. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really in- interesting take as his inspiration yeah. of the painting. And then also, um, 
there were when I was doing a lot of my research, people claimed that the door isn't a door to waking and dreaming. It's not like the barrier between that. It's really just a door to other worlds. Mm-hmm. So it, it literally is like some sometimes, depending on who you ask, is like a door to hell. Sure. So. Pretty creepy. Yeah, wouldn't you hate to, like, wake up in the middle of the night and see that, like, the painting that you had is missing that little boy and he's, yep. like, hiding in the corner sure of the would. room? Sure would hate that. Ooh, creepy. Well, sure, I would hate every second of that. <laughs> so the next painting I'm going to talk about is called The Crying Boy. And um, I'm going to show you this painting, Macy. Would you like to describe it to our friends and fans? Uh-huh. It is a boy who is crying. Yep. This is such a good description. <laughs> oh, God, I love you. Okay. Um, the painting is by Giovanni Bragolin. So I'm going to go with the pen name of Bruno Amarillo. Or in some sources, it's Armor Armadillo. Yeah. I'm going to go with Armarillo. Cool. Because I don't hesitate to pronounce that. Um, I don't know when this was made, the original painting. I couldn't find a source. So if you do, please educate me so I can correct this, because I yeah, I tried. All I could find was that this painting and um, various alternatives of tearful boys and girls were distributed and mass-produced in the 50s Why? in Europe. Here's the tale of the curse. In Thatcher-era England... Do you know what Thatcher-era is? No. Nope. Let me tell you. Um, God, can you edit all that out when I'm like, let me tell you, because that sounds stupid. Um... Or don't do what you want. So Thatcher era is a British conservative ideology named after Margaret Thatcher. And it's used to describe the principles of British government under Thatcher's reign, I guess, from 1979 to 1990. So that's just basically like a time frame. A lot of these stories, I couldn't really find a lot of timestamps. So that's why it says Thatcher era. So there was a home in South Yorkshire um, that went ablaze. And everything was charred. Everything. Black. From the fire, except for one thing. This painting. This fucking painting. Mm. I know. And it wasn't the first time that this happened. In September 4th of 1987, The The Sun, which is a very popular magazine. Mm Mm-hmm. It's basically like our times or some shit. So the Sun published, quote, blazing, quote, blazing curse of the crying boy picture, end quote. Um, A story about a very unlucky painting that caused fires. So it caused it? Yep. Hmm. So it's quite the jump. Well, here's the thing is that this theory was supported by comments of fire units that were on scene of the fires. According to atlasobscura.com, the firefighter said, quote, These paintings turned up mysteriously unscathed in fires across the UK, all of which started spontaneously. Wait, 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 wait. So more than one fire, and they all happened in houses that had this painting in it. And this painting did not burn. Yes. But okay. not just this particular painting. I told you that all they were the mass-produced. Right. Just Similar, crying right. children. Ooh. Yes. 
Yes, and none of them were harmed. So the paintings haven't been reprinted for decades due to the fucked up subject Holy matter. Shit. Who wants a crying fucking kid hung on their wall? Yeah, that's. I'm yeah. confused by that. And then also People that put, like crucified Jesus on their wall. We're not gonna talk about that. So and then also they weren't reprinted because then people didn't want them in their homes anymore after this legend. No way. Started happening. Weird. <laughs> um. So because of all these fires that were happening, rumors obviously started to fly, and the sun helped support these rumors. They didn't really fact check and there were times where they like redacted what they said but anyways um based off of my research the some of the claims were that these children were street urchins urchins is that right Ur- Ur- urchins urchins like sea urchin urchin yeah, yeah. okay we're street urchins i'm sorry i'm an idiot um in either Italy or Spain, just based off of, like, their style of clothing and the way that they looked, I guess. And there were also claims that Bruno, who um, is the actual painter, he not only went under the pen name of Giovanni, but also Franchot Seville. Cool. And I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. I apologize. So there was <laughs> one claim that one of the paintings was a Don Bonolio? Don Bonolio. Yep. Okay. Um, Don started a fire, Don, this child, started a fire in which his parents died. Oh, so they think this is the boy that's in the paint. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this happened in Spain and there's claims that wherever this boy went, fire followed. And so he got this nickname of Diablo. Ugh. Ugh. That's, not um, nice. that's a little far. I know. It's so a little pyro. Poor little kid. So some believe that Don was adopted against the will of a priest, um, and he was adopted by and abused by the original painter. Oh. Um, and the and then it's claimed that in the nineteen seventies the boy was consumed in a fire in a car accident. Fuck. Yeah. Um so when all this kind of like all these rumors started to come to the surface, um, there was a journalist that researched into it, and his name is Dr. David Clark. And he kind of found some plot holes in these stories. Sure. So he couldn't find any evidence that a Don bon- Bonalio existed. He couldn't find any evidence. It is likely that the painter, the original painter Bruno, um, painted 20 to 30 of these paintings mm-hmm. um, after he did a training in Venice after World War II. Okay. So maybe it was some kind of PTSD sure. or some kind of way to, like, yeah. cope with what he saw or whatever. So, also, Bruno was connected to another artist who also had a Crying Children series. Weird. Um, Her name was Anna Zeinkinsen. I feel like it's German. Zeinkinsen. I'm so sorry. I'm probably butchering all of this. Not my native tongue. Um, And those paintings were also regarded as equally cursed. Like, just don't paint crying children. Yeah. That's your first fucking problem. So, there was a comedian and writer named Stephen Punt who also explored these paintings and the legend behind them. And he had a radio show that he covered all this on and it's called Punk P.I., which I think is kind of cool. Or no, it was Punt. It might have been Punt's P.I. Might have been a typo. I like Punk P.I. better. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably Punt P.I. That would make more sense. Anyways, um... So, Stephen attempted to track down the homes that involved these fires that had these paintings in them, and he found a Jane McCunchen who had hung a print of one of the paintings in their living room in the 80s. And Jane 
at the time was a mother of two, and she claims that while cleaning her kitchen, she found that her handmade drapes were suddenly on fire. And the family escaped, but the only thing that survived the fucking fire this goddamn was painting. the fucking painting. Um, and Jane remembered hearing a firefighter who was on scene who, upon seeing the painting, said, oh, no, not another. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, and she quite quickly after that got rid of the print. Um, Good. So the the fire department says that most of the fires had normal causes like cigarettes or just, I don't know, like typical home things. That's the only weird that the painting didn't. Right. I'll get into that in a second. So literally the next bullet point says that some thought that the paintings were made of some type of fire resistance um, paint or some something so then punt bought a print of his own and although he was nervous he began to test its fire resistance and he did this with the assistance of a construction researcher martin ship i guess martin had some expertise in fire and shit so together they found that besides the string that the paintings would hang from the paint the print didn't burn weird yeah so there was one instance where the lapel of the boy's jacket was singed and had a hole um, but the damage stopped pretty quickly. Like, it That's weird. would happen for a second, and then it would stop. Um, and they just deduced that these prints just so happened to have fire-resistant varnish. Maybe. Maybe. But they also found that they were all printed on compressed board, which also makes it difficult for them to burn. So, the paintings were so popular back in the day that they even had their own fan club on the internet. Like, it survived the, like life through into the internet world because this mm-hmm. was back in like before internet like 70s 80s yeah. um but that has since dissolved like it hasn't been active in like decades what what do you think about these paintings do you think these paintings cause fires do you think it's cursed do you think it's dawn i like believing in curses and shit so yes yeah i just think it's weird that like you don't see like fires with like oh this was a cool still life of my cornucopia that I have, and it's the only thing that survived the fire. It's yeah. always just the paintings of crying children. So, I don't know. Kind of weird, but definitely spooky. This one is my least favorite painting. I don't know why. Looking at it just gives me really? the major heebie-jeebies. Oh. Not the crying boy, the next oh, one we're talking about. Okay. Sorry. The crying boy, I'm like, Meh. Yeah, the crying boy, is like, it's, it's fine. literally like a pretty realistic picture of a little boy crying so this one this one gives me the heebie-jeebies i don't know if it's just because first of all it looks creepy but then like knowing the story behind it makes it even creepier this one's called the anguished man do you want to see the picture of it yeah oh you showed me this one oh i don't like it i don't like it either um so it is a human ish figure um the only really distinguishable features are two eye holes and one mouth hole. Not really a nose. He's like screaming, but it also, uh, I don't know, it looks like man ish, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's not very prominent features. No, besides eye holes and a mouth hole and a blue background. Yeah, and like a shape of a body mm-hmm. and a head. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't like this Yeah, one. it's like shoulders up. Mm-hmm. So, this painting is by who the fuck knows. Okay. 
Nobody. Sure. Um, the current owner, his name is Sean Robinson, and he inherited the painting from his grandmother, and it's been in their family for over 30 years. So, hmm. according to Sean, his grandmother had this painting in her attic for 25 years, and she said that it was evil. The... So she didn't get rid of it. She just put it up in the attic. Right. Okay. So the painting apparently was given to his grandmother from a family friend, but I only found that in one source. I didn't find that in any other sources, but I I don't I just don't understand how you wouldn't know who painted it if you just randomly got it from this person. Whatever. Um. So also, I again I don't know how you know the backstory of the painting if you don't know who painted it. But Sean's grandmother claims that the painting was created by a man who committed suicide. But just before killing himself, he used his blood to make the painting, painted the painting, and then killed himself. Gross. Super gross. Which I think is, like, nice, nice. It's nice to point out. Um, it's probably important to point out that the body the, of the man figure is in, like, orange and red hues. Yeah. That could have more than definitely been yeah. created with blood. Easily. Yeah. Especially, like, over on the left. Yeah. Yeah, like, even, like, in the, like, yellowish areas could have been mixed in with something. Yeah. Like, we just watched this guy on TikTok, like... Do you want to know a fun fact? Yeah. <laughs> this is totally random. Are you yeah, sure? Obviously. Okay, so, you know the band Kiss? I do know the band Kiss. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, there's, like, a comic book made um, of, like, some Kiss adventure, whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and part of the... <clears throat> promotion for it was when they were printing right before they printed the comics in the red ink all of them like print themselves and no. then put their blood in the red ink so that all the comics would Ew. be You're printed with their blood. Fucking kidding me. No. That's repulsive and I'm not surprised <laughs> that they would have done that shit. That's fucking fucked. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's disgusting. So, while owning this painting, Sean's grandmother would say she would see a dark figure of a man around the house, and she would hear strange noises and crying at night. Get rid of the painting. If you know it's the painting, like, don't put it up in the attic. Get rid of it. Take Uh, the goodwill. So, fuck no. You want to give that to another family? What are you going to do? Deal with it. It's not killing her. It's just crying. It's just crying. Yeah, right. You would lose your mind if that was in our house. You would lose your mind. Would you not? I'd be smart like Sean. Do you remember when you texted me and you said, I'm hearing noises in the house? Okay, yeah. Anyways, I'd be smart like Sean. (laughs) I'll tell you more about Sean in a second. But, um, so Sean inherited this painting when his grandmother died. And shortly after getting the painting, Sean and his family would start seeing that dark figure. And he would also hear noises at night, like crying and moaning. No way. I know. Weird, right? So, Sean was interested in the supernatural aspects of the painting, and he was, he claims to be a skeptic before this happened. Um, And he decided to move it into his bedroom from the cupboard he had in the lower level of his home. And after that, he started to hear crying come from the corner of his bedroom, and the dark figure stood at the foot of his bed. It's upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean claims that it's a middle-aged-looking man, but he can't tell exactly any figures, or sorry, features, just like, like the painting. Can't. Okay. <laughs> um, so, um, most of the rest of this research is going to come from Sean's very own YouTube channel, and I watched every single video that he has on this <laughs> painting. Um, 
And I tried to compile it into like a timeline, but I don't know if I really did a good job. And I didn't cover every single video because it's like some of them are the same. Some of them are as interesting. But he has been recording this painting multiple times for various time frames since 2011. And he definitely covers and captured. He definitely captures some unusual shit. Did you see it? Yeah. I'll show them to you later. Yeah. Um, I'm into it. Yeah. So... One time um, from May 12th to 14th in 2011, he recorded for three consecutive nights for four hours between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. And he caught some weird movement on one of those days. Like, um, it looked like something like moved across the screen. And then um, he moved the painting into the spare bedroom and recorded again in June of 2011. And he... Um, Wanted to see some more supernatural things. Same thing kind of happened. He did it for three consecutive nights for four hours per night between 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. He's very strict on his time frames, and I kind of like that. Um, and these recordings included unusual banging noises. But on the second night of his recording around 3.25 in the morning, Sean recorded the painting falling over. And then after, like right afterwards, there's a small orb that's visible above the painting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And he likes to say in the beginning of each video, like, all the curtains are drawn. There's, like, no air sources in this room. There's a single light on for lighting. And he's like, there's just a camera and this painting and one light on. Everything else is closed. The door is closed. Everything's right. Super closed. Super controlled. Super controlled environment. Um, so he's trying to, like, yeah, 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 yeah. cover his bases, trying basically. To debunk himself. Right. And he also said that on that night where the painting fell over, that it was, you can see in the video, it's like angle, it's like sitting on a, like a bench or something, and it's like angled against the wall. So it's not like hanging, it's right. like leaning against the wall. Okay. And like that, what what thing yeah. do you lean against the wall that's been sitting there for hours just, just falls over? Yeah. Like. No. No. Um. So then, again, in 2011, around the time of Sean recording all this shit, his son fell down the stairs. His son, thankfully, was unharmed, but claimed that it felt like someone pushed him. Oh. Mm-hmm. Good. Good, good, oh, good. <laughs> On December, 11, or December of 2011, after a few months of quiet, Sean got the painting out for a TV crew and recorded it for six hours between midnight and 6 a.m. He heard the usual, like, noises, like, banging and, like, weird shit. But at 3.30 in the morning, oh, this one's creepy, he captured, like, a smoke-like mist come from, like, the bottom of the frame up to, like, the mid of the frame, and then it's followed by an orb. Like, the mist comes up, it dissipates, and then there's, like, an orb that comes into okay. the screen. It's really weird. And then a few, a few years after owning the painting, Sean had to move in with his parents. I don't know why, but he did. And he took the painting with him, and the noises started there after just a couple of days. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then on the third night of being at his parents' house, Sean's father fell down the stairs. Oh, no. Again, unhurt, but it was very similar to how his son fell. Like, claims that he felt somebody push wow. him. Wow. Creepy. Um, and so then Sean put the painting into storage because he didn't want his family getting hurt. Fair. Um, so then... Sean started working with John Blackburn and Ian Lawman of Mysteria Paranormal Group in Europe. Yeah. And they took the painting to some of the most... 
iconic haunted locations in the UK. Sweet. Good for I them. know, right? Good move. Um, this included... Battle Royale. Right? This... Inc- oh, let me tell you about it. It is really a battle royale. Including 35 Stonegate at York and Chillingham Castle in North Northumberland. Um... So, on May 18th of 2013, in Chillingham Castle, the paranormal group experienced some real shit. Um, oh, sorry. I'm just thinking about it. It's creeping me out. (laughs) Early hours of the morning during a seance, they claimed that the room went ice cold, and then there was a large figure that appeared in the middle of their seance circle. Uh, Um, and then a wooden bench banged on the floor... In response to John Blackburn's, one of the investigators' questions, and he was asking about the painting when that happened. And then soon afterwards, the bench was flipped upside down. And they believe that this happened by the spirit of John Sage, who was one of Chillingham's um, resident powerful spirits. And they think that John Sage was showing his rage to the uninvited spirit in his castle. Yikes. Yeah, so he was like, fuck this, get this depressed that. crying fucker out of here. Sure. He likes to push people down the stairs. That's my job. Yeah. So. Just like that. Um, and during all of these instances, there was um, at least 20 witnesses. Oh. Could you imagine? No. That's crazy. <laughs> 20 people were, we're all like, like, yep, I saw that. Um, that bench just went upside down. There's a man standing between us oh, all. Fuck, can you like, imagine? No, it doesn't even happen when there's four of us playing with a Ouija board. <laughs> Not Anyways, <yet>. I know. <laughs> um, so after the painting got back to Sean after all of this, uh, and that was around 2016, and he started experiencing the same phenomena after he got the painting again. So Sean put the painting back into storage. He brought it back out in July of 2017 and decided to put it in his bedroom because he... Why? Here's the thing. Is that Sean... I, I I don't know. I would like to think I'd be like Sean. Be a Sean Macy. I don't He think I wants want to. to capture this evidence and he wants the world to know. And he wants to do it in a controlled environment. So that's why he keeps putting it in the bedroom. This is probably the creepiest of everything that I've... No told way. you so far. God damn it. Are you being sarcastic? Well, I'm yes. saying he puts it in his own bedroom. So when he put it in his own bedroom, he heard a loud banging coming from the bedroom around um, 1040 at night. And it seemed when he and his son went to investigate it, it seemed to be coming from all around the room. Like, they couldn't pinpoint from where exactly in the room it was coming from. Phenomenal. And it carried on for two to three minutes, but then suddenly stopped. Just silence. And so they were like, you know what, let's try to film and see what happens. Nothing happened after that. So they were like, you know what, let's just go back to sleep. So then 20 minutes after they had gone back to sleep, his son came to him and he had a severe nosebleed. They could not get the nosebleed to stop. And this, according to Sean, is the fourth or fifth time that that's happened to his son directly after coming in contact with the painting. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. So he put the painting back in storage until he could figure out how to record the painting and capture the evidence without his son getting hurt or other people. So a lot of people claim that Sean's just doing a scam. Sure. Sure. Um, But, I mean, I don't really know what he's getting out of it. Like, there's seven videos on his YouTube. He's not getting millions of dollars from these fucking videos. Right. you can see the videos of Sean talking himself, and he seems, in my opinion, he seems very, like, 
He's monotone. He's very like factual. He's not. He's not like too yeah, worked Zach up. He's not. Bagans-y. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. he's not Zach Bagansy. He's not worked up. He's not dramatizing yeah. things. He's telling you these things, and I, I just, I don't think it's a scam. But I'm also, yeah, a little bit more on the spoopy side, and I like to believe that shit. So yeah, what? That's all I got for you. That is wild. Is it? That's why I don't buy that shit at like antique shops. No. So, part of me is always like, what if I find something that's worth a fuck ton of money mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at, like, an antique shop right. or at um, a garage sale? sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other part of me is like, okay, but, like, what if it's haunted? But also, like, why are you selling this? Yeah. Is it haunted? Right. Oh, babe, that was so good. <laughs> yeah? I've never heard of any of those. I haven't either. Yeah. Isn't it weird? It makes me never want to buy a painting ever. I just don't think I want to buy paintings that have, like, people in them. Correct. Because each one of those had a person in it, and it's yep. just, like, creepy as fuck. Yep. Humans do weird shit when we die. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to tell you about cursed films. Or film. Or movies. No, no, no. Because it's not just movies. It's not just movies. Okay. Okay. I've got a couple of the usuals, but I've got some that you might not know about. I love it. Um, First, have you ever heard of the Superman curse? No. So this is across all movies, TV shows. Supposedly. Even like new ones? Supposedly. Actors who play Superman end up with... um, like, they have a hard time getting other roles, they end up in financial ruin, they all die weird ways. That hasn't happened to Henry Cavill. Not yet. He got The Witcher! Well, we'll he's see. He's a pretty big... He's a big dude. I he's... don't know what The Witcher is, so he's not that big. She's looking at me like she doesn't want to marry me anymore. <gasps> oh my god, I know what we have to watch. The Witcher? Tonight? It's a video game that it's based off of. What? It's a TV show that's based off of a video game. I don't know any of that. Okay, we'll talk about okay. it later. <laughs> so, um, it's often often associated with anyone who plays in any Superman adaptation. It's not just the Superman actors. It's like leading female roles and all kinds of people who are just within the Superman franchise. Yeah. Um, the curse is often invoked whenever misfortune is experienced by actors and other personnel who work on Superman adaptations, um, so much so that some talent agents cite that the curse is the reason why, um, they have difficulty casting actors in the role in live action feature films. Hmm. Like, they're so spooked by it that they won't, they're like, fuck no, I'm not gonna be Superman. So basically anybody that's on screen with fucking Superman is fucked. Okay, so George Reeves was the first, like, real Superman. He starred in The Adventures of Superman on TV from 1952 to 1958. Um, On June 16th of 1959, days before he was supposed to be married, he was found dead of a gunshot wound in his home with a Luger near him. This was during a party at his house. What the fuck? He just shot himself? Well. Well. (laughs) Um, the, the death was ruled a suicide originally but there's a ton of controversy surrounding it because his fingerprints were never found on the gun um he had been having an affair with the wife of mgm executive um eddie mannix and um so it's believed that he was murdered but it was ruled suicide and you can find an entire podcast on that it's like a whole thing that's cool yeah but it was after his death that this conspiracy theory started about actors who, like, 
played Superman. Um, after him, Christopher Reeve, which is different. So George Reeves and then Christopher Reeve was a different Superman. Okay. Um, he played Superman in the Superman film series Superman the movie in 1978, Superman 2 in 1980, Superman 3, 83, and Superman 4, uh, The Quest for Peace in 1987. So, like, a whole decade that he... And you you would recognize him if you saw him. Yeah. Um, he was so closely identified with the character, as many other previous actors were, um, that it was really difficult for him to acquire any lead parts in any other films afterwards. And he was largely regulated to Superman sequels and supporting roles, which was unfortunate. Um, he ended up being paralyzed from the neck down after being thrown from his horse in a cross-country oh. equestrian riding event in 1995. Ugh. He ended up dying on October 10th, age 52, 15 days after his birthday. No official autopsy was ever performed. What? But both Reeve's wife, Dana, and his doctor uh, believed that an adverse reaction to a drug caused his death. So he died, like, an unfortunate death. So, like, back in the day, did they just not have it as a requirement to have autopsies? Or did they just not want to do it? I don't know. Because if his wife believed that it was an adverse reaction mm-hmm. to a drug, you'd think that she would did. request for an autopsy. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. But that was in 2004, so. Oh, so you'd think that they would have that kind of mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. That's weird. Those are the two big ones. Um, there's all kinds of supporting actors um, who have had issues. Um, a lot of the leading women have a lot of like financial struggles and career struggles after being in Superman. It's because they're women. They just can't stop spending their money exactly. on clothes and yeah, makeup. They don't have any regulation. They don't understand they how to save money. They don't know how to balance a checkbook. Mm, no, that's a big one. I don't know how to do that. Oh, well. I don't have a checkbook. So. I, I don't either, but I feel like if we were forced to balance checkbooks, we would We'd be pretty smart. Yeah, it's like addition and subtraction. Simple math. That's fair. Um, If you don't know... um, Oh, fuck. I didn't actually put this in there, so I'm just kind of riffing at this point. Love it. Um, do you know the actress who was in Smallville who was arrested for being in the Nexium cult? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's associated with the curse, too. Kind of her own fault, but whatever. I mean, is it all everyone's own faults? And we're just blaming this curse? And Well, he was paralyzed, so no. Well, it wasn't his fault that a horse bucked him off, but right. is it his fault for riding the horse? Oh, you can't say that. Oh, well, he was in a car accident. Isn't it his fault for driving in a car? Obviously. Oh, my God. We can go down a million rabbit holes. We can't tonight. Horses kill people, Macy. Oh, my God. I will. Be, I'd rather be caught dead before even being close to a fucking horse. You're. I, are you serious? I hate horses. <laughs> they kill people. Proof. <laughs> I hate horses so much. Oh They're terrifying. God, what? They're big ass creatures. They're, They're not terrifying. Long as fuck. They're intelligent. Yes, these are mm-hmm. all good things. Nope. They're too smart. <laughs> They're gonna take over the world. We think it's robots. I had a it's horses. Dumb horses growing up. They're dumb dumbs. So <laughs> I'm so um, scared of horses. The next movie, The Passion of the Christ. What? Uh huh. You're kidding. I swear to God. Is this LOL? The claim is. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this the claim as to how Mel Gibson just went fucking batshit? That add that in there because that's not in my notes, but he fucking did. Yeah. 
Jesus was played by a guy named Jim Caviezel, and he was struck by lightning on the set during uh, the Sermon on the Mount scene. And then just after that, an assistant was like, oh my god, are you okay? Smash! Also struck by lightning. What? (laughs) What are the chances of two people in a row? Uh, Well, according to the sources, they are slim. Like, Like, not even possible. One in, like, hundreds of millions of millions. Jesus Christ. Uh Um, During the scene where he was... um, like, walking down the street and being lashed by the, like, whips. Yeah. Um, a couple actually hit him. <gasps> Ow! Yep. Wait, were they using real whips? Yeah. But they were doing it, they were supposed to be doing it in a way that, like, didn't... Were they, like, professional whippers? Yeah. Where do you, first of all, where do you I find some know. professional whippers? And second know. of all, they should have been fucking better at their job if they're accidentally yeah. lashing the dude. Yep. So they lashed him. Uh, he dislocated his shoulder oh my carrying God. the cross. Oh, um, shit. He suffered severe migraines from the makeup because the makeup, they um, basically made it look like he had a swollen eye. Like mm-hmm. his eye was swollen shut. So he was looking at a one eye all day, every day for weeks and he had migraines every single day he got hypothermia what Mm -hmm. and he got pneumonia how were they recording in like below five degree weather and he was up on the cross oh yeah no and Mm -hmm. wearing nothing because what does jesus wear nothing not a lot (laughs) yeah he covers his private parts right his little bits yeah, I don't know if it's poor planning or <laughs> they just really hated but also this guy. He got struck by lightning, so oh my god! Yeah. Also, if somebody gets struck by lightning, don't go running after them. They can still have a charge. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, as a nine one one operator, <laughs> I'm instructed to tell people not to go towards somebody that's been struck by lightning. That's terrifying. Or like do CPR on them yeah. unless you feel that it's safe. Yeah. I'm not gonna advise for you too, because you can get. There might be a charge, so. Yeah, that's terrifying, especially when they're in water. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next movie. That was one of the shorter ones, but I thought it. I thought it would have had more to do with Mel Gibson, so I'm a little disappointed. But also, he did go crazy. Disappointed. So, um, The Wizard of Oz, filmed in 1939. That's um, cursed. Well, I'll let you decide. I'll give you a little plot summary for this one. Okay. Um, just because, obviously, Superman, Superman, Passion of the Christ is about him, uh, Jesus Christ, being crucified. Right. There you go. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, uh, when a tornado <laughs> rips through Kansas, Dorothy, played by Judy Garland, and her dog Toto are whisked away in their house to the magical land of Oz. They follow the yellow brick road toward the Emerald City to meet the wizard, and on the way there, they meet a scarecrow, uh, played by Ray Bolger. That needs a brain, a tin man, played by Jack Haley, who's missing a heart, and a cowardly lion, Bert Lahr, who wants courage. The wizard asks the group to bring him uh, the broom from the Wicked Witch of the West, who was played by Margaret Hamilton, um, and that's how they could earn his help to get all the things that they wanted. Okay. So, first one, a dude named Buddy Ebsen, who was originally cast in the role of the tin man, Mm -hmm. um, but he was essentially poisoned by the makeup, which was made of pure aluminum. <gasps> mm-hmm. Nine days wait, after... Go whoa, ahead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When was this movie made again? 1939. And they... Okay. They just painted aluminum dust on this man. Are you fucking kidding no. me? No. <laughs> so. Even in 1939, they were like, huh, people used to die from putting, like, 
fucking cyanide yeah. in their makeup, but yeah. we're going to put aluminum. Pure aluminum. Oh, yeah. my God. Yep. So nine days after filming started, he ends up being hospitalized and he had to sit under an oxygen tent and he wasn't getting better fast enough. So the filmmakers fired him and hired Jack Haley to be the Tin Man instead. So here, <laughs> instead like, of putting, We know it's our fault, yeah, but fuck you, but we're getting a new by, person. Yeah. So the next time, for him, instead of putting the aluminum powder on him, they mixed it into a paste and painted it on him. So he wasn't breathing it in, which was a plus, I suppose, but also that shit is getting absorbed into your skin. If you don't know, your skin is an organ and it absorbs things. And it's porous. It's how we have yep. pimples. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the only thing he had was a really bad infection in his right eye. And probably cancer 20 years later. Yeah. Odds are. Um, Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch of the West, uh, mm-hmm. she ended up getting burned during a scene due to faulty timing in the pyrotechnics. So, have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? Okay, so there's a scene where she drops into the floor, and then fireworks kind of go off. It's like this magic trick, kind of. But she, it's supposed to be her disappearing. Mm-hmm. So, fireworks, and she's gone. Well, she drops into the floor, and anyways, the timing was off, and, um... She got burned by the pyrotechnics, and the makeup artist had to rush to remove her. She had copper makeup, because she was green, because she's the Wicked Witch of the West. So she had copper makeup um, that they had to <gasps> quickly remove so it wouldn't seep through her wounds oh, and become toxic. my God. She did not get fired, because they could live without her on the set for several more weeks. <laughs> no shit. Judy Garland, uh, she was very young when she played uh, Dorothy. She was only allowed to eat one meal a day. She was encouraged to smoke up to 80 cigarettes a day to suppress her appetite. She was given amphetamines to stay awake and to suppress her appetite and help her lose weight. And those kept her up, so then they gave her sleeping meds. Like, old school sleeping meds. Like, Barbos, basically. um, To help her sleep. And then after The Wizard of Oz, she struggled with... Pretty much finding any role. She had a couple of feature films, but really was known for Wizard of Oz. Um, she did some movies. She did some singing with, like, um... Broadway? Not really Broadway. Oh, what is, uh, you know the movie White Christmas? Like, Frank Sinatra stuff. She would do programs with, like, him. Sure. Okay. That's why she's a drug addict. Right. So, she ultimately was... In massive debt, after all of her wages ended up being garnished to pay for all these debts that she acquired from various marriages and her drug habits, etc. She died at age 47 from a barbiturate overdose um, in 1969 in London following several uh, suicide attempts. Oh my god, Mm. poor thing. Yep. That's Uh, so fucked. Frank Morgan, who played the wizard was in a serious car accident just months after the film was released. His driver was killed, his wife was injured, and then 11 years after that, he was cast as Buffalo Bill in a movie called Annie, Get Your Gun. Mm -hmm. And the day before filming was to start, uh, he died in his sleep. Yeah. Do they know why? Heart attack, they thought. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but the interesting thing about The Wizard of Oz is it wasn't a hit right away. So it was filmed in 1939, but it didn't become popular or famous at all um, until almost a decade later. 
when it was released on TV. It's like, or like yeah, late so, 1940s? Uh-huh. Fucking and then, television. Um, last but not least, Clara Blandick, who played Dorothy's aunt, um, Auntie M. She lived to be 81, but in 1962, when she was 81, she overdosed on sleeping pills, having tried to suffocate herself with a plastic bag. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, next movie, one of your favorite stories, because we watched uh, that show on it, The Omen. Oh yeah. So this was filmed in oh, 1976, yeah. and here's the basic plot of it. An American diplomat, Robert, uh, played by Gregory Peck, adopts Damien who is played by Harvey Stevens, when his wife, Catherine, played by Lee Remnick, Remick, sorry, Catherine, played by Lee Remick, uh, delivers a stillborn child. After Damien's first nanny hangs herself, oh Father God. Brennan, uh, played by Patrick Troughton, warns Robert that Damien will kill Catherine's unborn child. Shortly thereafter, Brennan, the priest, dies... And Catherine miscarries when Damien pushes her off of a balcony. As more people around Damien die, Robert investigates Damien's background, realizes he, his adopted son may be the Antichrist. There's some synapsis there. Mm-hmm. I have never seen The Omen, so it's wild. I've only seen what we watched from that show. It's bananas. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> worth a watch. Yeah, there's like a newer one that came out when I was in like middle. We were in middle school, and it was pretty good. Let's do Spoopy. it. Spoopy. Um. Okay, so let's talk about Gregory Peck first. Uh, his son committed suicide just days before the film started shooting. Very unfortunate. Ugh. Well, okay, I hate that all of your stories are like this person killed themselves. <laughs> Jesus, we said that this episode was gonna be happier than the last, <laughs> and I don't think we succeeded. <laughs> No, I'm oh sorry. no, it's okay. What do they expect? Let's go back to talking about the history of things. <laughs> we gotta add in a little spoopy, sad stuff sometimes, you know. Yeah, every week, <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> um, his plane and the producer's plane were both struck by lightning on the way to the film in London. Okay, we got killing people, and killing lightning. themselves, and fucking lightning. lightning. So the hotel where. A lot of the cast and producers were staying. Ended up being bombed by the IRA. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. A restaurant that the crew was planning to go to, somehow the plans fell through that night, also was bombed by the IRA. What the fuck? Uh-huh. A private jet was hired to film some aerial shots, but the company, like, canceled last minute and gave their that reservation to a different group. And... That morning, the jet crashed on the runway into a vehicle, killed everybody in the vehicle, killed everybody on the plane. Isn't that's the one that we in the show that says like the the plane crashed into the yeah. taxi that had his own wife in it or yeah. some shit like that? Yeah. Fucked, man. Yep. Um, John Richardson, who was a special effects designer on the set, um, he so. There's a scene in the movie where one of the characters um, is up against a building, kind of, and there's a truck that's backing up, basically. It has a bunch of panes of glass in it, and something happens with the truck. One of the panes of glass comes shooting out towards this guy, and it decapitates him. That's in the movie. Yes, and that was designed by this guy, John Richardson. Well... Uh, just a few months after filming, he and his assistant were in a major car accident 
And um, he was seriously injured and his assistant was decapitated. A lot like in the movie. And that occurred just outside of the town of Omen, O-M-M-E-N, in Holland. Near a sign saying the town was 66.6 kilometers away. We have to go to Holland No, we get that sign. Absolutely not. I'm stealing you know how many people have probably stolen that? It's, it's like the 420 mile post yeah. at on yes. I-25. Yeah. It's probably not even there anymore. Fuckers. Yeah. That wild. one's... That story's the... The creepiest. I don't... It's just so coincidental that it's like... Right. There's something to it that's like there's... Yeah. There, I think there's something larger at play. And I've heard that before, and I didn't believe it until we watched that documentary. Yeah. Because that seemed like a pretty legit documentary made in like... Right. Included directors yeah. and writers and producers. And like reporters. Um, if you guys are wondering what documentary we're referring to, if you have Shudder. Um, 10 out of 10 recommend it. Yeah, Shudder's amazing if you're into horror films, TV shows. They also have horror podcasts on there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of that I've seen pop up. But um, yeah, the, what is it? The I show it's called? called Just Curse Movies or yeah, something. You something can like Google that. Google that and it's right up there. And it's um, five episodes and it includes Poltergeist, The Exorcist, The Omen, The Crow, and uh, the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And it's super interesting. So you can check that out after you're done listening to Macy. Yes. Not right now. Do it after. Right. Speaking of Poltergeist. Here we go. I'll give you a synopsis on this. Love it, because <clears> I've also not seen this. I think you would like this one a lot. I don't know. I Here's the thing. I don't like older movies for some reason. They just have, like, that level of cringe that really I, ugh, yeah. I don't like. And at the they moment... They made this one, though. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, good. I don't know. I thought I was gonna hate the original Psycho, but I ended up loving that movie. Yes. So maybe we should. Maybe I should just put my high standards down and stop being so. Well, like bratty. Poltergeist isn't like, it's not a slasher. It's not like Friday the Thirteenth. No, or and I don't anything like that. think that it's like that. I just think that like a lot of like older movies, no matter the genre, just have that weird, like vibe to that it. That weird, not like vibe. It's just like that, like over dramatization that i do not enjoy like okay. i like the realistic acting but you but... like like the shining i mean i wouldn't say that i like like the shining sure but i do, do you like it because it's the shining because yes. it's like culty okay and i just That's really awesome. like the story behind it the writing's amazing right. the concept's amazing okay. so maybe i can look past it to enjoy the artistry of other aspects sure Anyways. Okay, so let me give you the synopsis on this, right? Love it. Poultry Strange guys. and creepy happenings beset an average California family. The Freelings. Uh, Steve, Diane, Dana, Robbie, Carol Ann, um, and they're all aged from the two adults, Steve and Diane, too. Um, Dana's a teenager, Robbie's eight, and Carol Ann is five. Uh, when ghosts commune with them through the television set... Initially friendly and playful, the spirits turn unexpectedly menacing, and when Carol Ann goes missing, Steve and Diane turn to a parapsychologist and eventually an exorcist for help. Uh, They find the house was built on a Native American burial ground. That's where you fucked up. Just burn that shit down. So, basically, in the movie, they knew that, and they were told by the developers that the, um, the cemetery had been moved. But what they find out is the headstones were moved and not the bodies. Here's the Problem. thing. If we ever learn that a place that we're interested in living or going to is associated made, with that at yeah, all. Yeah. Any Native American burial, yeah. even if it's been 
moved, yeah. I would rather Find jump into else. a cold river sure. than go anywhere close to... Yeah. Like, I just want to be respectful. And the moment right. you get disrespectful and start living on their land, mm-hmm. which, I mean... I we agree. do that already. Sure. So, I mean, what room do I have to speak? It's a step but further than that. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, okay. So, first is, I think, one of the most upsetting. Heather o- O'Rourke. Uh, she played Carol Ann, um, the five-year-old character in the movie. Um, she was six years old when the first Poltergeist film was released. And then mm-hmm. she... Uh, was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease um, right around then, too. She was having all kinds of, like, stomach issues, and they thought she had Crohn's misdiagnosis. Following year, she got sick again, and they were like, ah, she just has a stomach flu. Turned out, um, she the next day, she collapsed, had a heart attack. <gasps> uh-huh. As a six-year-old? Yep. And got airlifted to a children's hospital in San Diego. She ended up dying during an operation to correct a bowel obstruction. And it turned out that she actually had a congenital intestinal abnormality where she had this, like, um, kind of like a balloon that came off of her intestines and it was collecting all of this um, matter that was going through her intestines. Eventually it burst. Um, she became septic. And that's why she went into cardiac arrest and had all these issues. Yeah. And they thought it was Crohn's disease. Oh, my God. Yeah. Poor baby. I know. Um, Next is Dominique Dunn. You might know who her dad is. Dominic Dunn. I was about to say Ryan Dunn. Right. No. Dominic Dunn. Uh, He was a really famous crime reporter. So he was um, at, like, the OJ trial. Mm. Did a lot of writing on um the menendez brothers like all of these big stories so dominique played uh the teenage dana in 1982 she separated from her partner john sweeney and in november of that year he shows up at her house trying to get her to take him back she's like no i'm not doing that and he uh strangled her and left her to die um she Ends up going to the hospital. She's in a coma for a couple days and dies right there. God damn it. He ended up... This is the shitty part. um, He got sentenced to six and a half years in prison and was released after three... For, like, Three years and seven months. Yeah. God damn it. Fucking Um, white man. There were other two... uh, Two other cast members who died. um, And while they were unfortunate, they weren't super, like, unpredictable or mysterious like the last two were. Um, the evil preacher Kane from Poltergeist 2 was played by Julian Beck, and in 1983 he was diagnosed with, uh, stomach cancer, which he died soon after that. And then in the same film was met with fur- further tragedy when Will Sampson, who played Taylor, the Native American shaman, died after un- undergoing a heart-lung transplant, which is, like, a super high-risk procedure anyways, so. Yeah, that They died, but fun. it wasn't super spoopy. I mean, it's still fucked. It's fucked. I think it's also, real quick, I'm sorry to say this, I remember listening to the TV show, and it said that everything that happened to the Omen, like, the creepy shit, never happened to anybody involved in the movie. Like, it just coincidentally, like, followed the people, people that... around. Right. It wasn't ever the actors. Right, the actor like or the producers like... or anybody directly right. involved. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that people that are actually directly involved in this movie are getting fucked. Yeah. That's sad. 
I almost did um, this old John Wayne movie called The Conqueror. Have you ever heard of that story? No. It was filmed on a site that used to be used for nuclear... It was like a nuclear test site. Oh, gosh. So it... I don't consider it cursed because, like, they're like, oh, my God, everybody on the set died of cancer. Well, no shit, they died of cancer. <laughs> Literally, the you ground radioactive. radioactive. <laughs> like, um, oh, my gosh. Um, fun fact... I used to work, my very first job when I was 15 was at this old west town. It was like a theme park, um, and it was called Buckskin Joe's. And it actually, like, the theme park that I worked at used to be where John Wayne had some of his films filmed. No way. And there was, like, an actual shack that was dedicated to John Wayne. Oh, there sick. was, like, a weird bathtub that, like, he bathed in. Uh, oh, that's it was, weird. Yeah, it was super fucking weird, but it was still pretty cool. We had a restaurant that um, was, like, in a town half an hour away from Montrose in uh, Ridgeway called the True Grit. And mm-hmm. it was, they filmed some scenes of True Grit in it. That's really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, so everybody, like, on set died, and they're like, eh, it's cursed. And it's like, nope, that's just science. <laughs> that's literally how it works. We're all rolling around in radioactive sand. So. Yeah, let's, uh... Yeah. Never mind. I the was last... say a joke that wouldn't have been funny. <laughs> to anybody Tell but us. Okay. The Conjuring. Um, the Conjuring is about a family living in a farmhouse, plagued by all kinds of spirits, mostly one uh, that they believe is Bathsheba Sherman, um, who was believed to be a witch who resided on the property um, hundreds of years before and um, basically sacrificed her baby to the devil. And it's said that um, everybody who has kids on the property afterwards would do the same. Also, you just listened to episode three. Right. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. I yep. forgot about that. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to episode three, and I'll tell you all about it. Anywho, Vera Farmiga played Lorraine War- Warren, um, and during the course of filming, she woke up every single night between 3 and 4 a.m. I don't like that, because mm-hmm. I really like her. After speaking with James Wan about taking the role of Lorraine and talking about how she wanted Patrick Wilson to be um, Ed, mm-hmm. she gets off the phone... She goes over to her laptop, she opens up her laptop, and what does she see on her laptop? Ed and Lorraine Warren. No. Three scratch marks no. across the screen. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. So she just takes her laptop and like, uh, just sit closes down. It. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. I don't like it's that. It's fine. Everything's fine. The day after completing the filming for The Conjuring, she woke up with three claw mark bruises across her thigh. You're kidding. No. Why is she still playing her? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, the original Perrin family actually came and was on set. They consulted for some of the movie. That's cool. And a lot of them came on set for the filming, but Carolyn, the mother, refused to go. Um, while they were on set, they had one major incident um, of note where they were all talking and they noticed a breeze that um, affected just the family. So, like, People were wearing shirts, dresses, jackets, and those moved, but the trees around them didn't move. Nothing else moved. This wind just just hit the family members. What? Mm-hmm. And then um, on the day of their visit, Carolyn, didn't, who didn't go, actually ended up falling and breaking her hip that day. How? That's mm-hmm. a pretty intense fall if you're breaking your hip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the set, um, they had to recreate the Warrens Museum, mm-hmm. um, which had some issues with objects inside constantly moving, specifically a wooden pig that was never in the same place 
where you left it. Ever. That's disgusting. Yeah. I hate that. Uh-huh. That's disgusting. I have mm-hmm. no other words. Yeah. If you want more information on that, Andrea Perrin actually does a lot of interviews, which I spoke about um, in episode three, but she talks about that visit and just living in the house in general. It's very interesting, but that is what I have for cursed movies. That's crazy. Yeah. What should I do know? It's probably because I've seen, like, <laughs> zero out of all well, of those yeah, movies. Well, yeah, watch all of them now. It's true. I've seen The Conjuring. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Superman. I'm surprised you haven't seen The Wizard of Oz. I mean, I've probably seen, like, bits and pieces of it from when it's, like, playing on TV. Yeah. Um, Just because my parents would just watch whatever, but yeah. it's nothing I've, like, sat down and really watched. Right. I've never been interested. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. That's so fun. <laughs> this is a good episode. I'm very excited for next week. I already started my notes. Good for you. I know. This is what happens when you're like, let me do homework. Mm, I'm going to do one. I have the internet one. open, so I'm going to yeah. think about what I I'm going to do one assignment and then go on two show notes. Yes. So. Find us on Instagram. It's who knew. Is it who knew podcast? Yeah, you got to do that one. Who knew podcast? Yeah, who knew podcast. Okay. At who knew podcast. Or if you want to email us, um, it is who knew podcast underscore 666. Emailing? No. Yeah. No, it's just who knew six six six. Wait, no, 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 no. We're all wrong. It's who knew podcasts six 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 at gmail dot com. I don't know where you're getting these underscores. Because <laughs> I just remember creating them, and it's like every single I'm one was taken. I'm pretty sure the Instagram is who knew underscore podcast. But you can find us at just who knew podcast. Yeah. Like okay, it doesn't matter. You don't need the exact user username because our name is just who knew podcast. Right. Anyways. Yeah, and. uh... We'll be back next week. Yeah, with, with more spoopy stuff. The spoopiest. No, no, not the spoopiest. No. Maybe, depending. Well, I've got pretty some pretty spooky. interesting topics. Thanks, guys. Bye. Say bye, butters.